Good afternoon. There are 700 days until the 2024 presidential elections, but you know, let's focus on what's happening today. Uh, very cloudy, gloomy day. Hi, Brian. I was just talking about the weather because it's been kind of a we don't need sunglasses in New York. It is so gloomy and cloudy, and uh, yeah, you know, not a lot going on. So I thought we would just try something different and talk about our hobbies or something because it's just such a laid back kind of a no news day. Although before we get to uh, what actually is happening uh, in the country, um, I was just informed uh, because I did not have a chance to check it out myself that during the medal ceremony for uh, the and I don't I I rarely use this word uh so when i do use it it has meaning the heroes um who saved untold lives uh on january 6 2021 were given medals of honor uh in the capitol building i believe i unfortunately i did not have a chance to watch watch it live but i will certainly watch the video later they were handed the medals, I believe, by uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And then there was a line. Um, leader, Senate Leader Schumer and then M Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, uh, lead House Leader Kevin McCarthy, et cetera, et cetera. And to a person, to a man um, or a person, I don't I don't I don't know quite who who all got medals. They shook Nancy Pelosi's hand, they sh shook Chuck Schumer's hand, and like the heroes they are, ignored and walked past Mitch McConnell and Kevin M McCarthy, which is exactly what those two traitors to America deserve. Uh, did you have a chance to see it, Brian? Yeah, I know. I know a couple of those guys pretty well, too, and they're uh, they're straight up they're, they're straight up heroes and not yeah. only are they straight up heroes, they're straight up good people yep. who are just one of, they were just doing their job on January 6th. They didn't expect to be uh, made heroes for it, but they certainly didn't expect to be vilified by the GOP for what they did. So uh, that their reaction I think was, uh, w was caustic, but well warranted. And you know, a part of it is because yes, they, what they did that day was heroic, but what they did afterward uh, is really what cemented their heroism. Uh, the s standing up to the just egregious and um, again anti-American attacks. Yeah, on the steps they took that day to protect as many of our elected officials and their support staff and any support staff in the Capitol building as possible. They weren't thinking about politics. They were only thinking, how do we, how do we save the Capitol building and the people in it without causing mass death? <laughs> I mean, that's literally what they had. They put their bodies on the line in a way, I would say 99, at least 99% of, uh, like the Republicans never have. Uh, oh, no. You saw Josh Hawley running away doing his, doing his impersonation of Chariots of Fire. And so that's... You know, without the good music. Yeah, but I will say that of the all the guys I know that did that, uh, I would give a shout out to Harry Dunn, who is not only a hell of a police officer, 
but I played trivia with him on it in Trivia Nights. He's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, they all they all bring something different to the table in terms of how they've gone about um, getting through it, and uh, not nothing, nothing but admiration. One for what they did again, two for how they've handled it in the interim, and three for dissing uh, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy who were despicable anti-American people uh, who, um, you know, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, um, partially because of what happened at the Supreme Court yesterday. <laughs> I, unfortunately, Dahlia is not here today. Uh, and it, I have to be completely honest. Dahlia is our Supreme Court watcher, and I would feel it would feel sadistic to ask her to recap what happened. But, you know, the bottom line is the Supreme Court is now run by a bunch of racist misogynists who uh, want to turn the clock back to 1850. And I'm not kidding. This Conservative is, Catholic. They are telling us who they are by what they do and how they and the questions they ask and the quote unquote jokes they make. Um, so I've just been thinking about I don't I think it was Alito and Dobbs and, you know, maybe seconded by Cody Barrett, who said, hey, you know, uh, you you guys still have the right to vote. Well, hmm. <laughs> not entirely, but I was thinking we can't vote out the Supreme Court, though. Um, I, I know this is kind of off topic, but I'm thinking about that partially because uh, we have the uh, obviously the Georgia runoff today, which is the biggest news and the results will be even bigger news of course and the importance of having 51 democrats versus a 50 50 split even with obviously having uh vice president harris to break ties it really does matter right jen and but you know we it's we're constantly just on a knife's edge here and besides the fact that it's really stressful uh, and is you know leading some of us <laughs> towards burnout um it isn't enough we need to get rid of mcconnell and mccarthy and the only and and right the wrongs of the supreme court and it kind of feels like the only way to do that is is get um one to elect democrats who are willing to uh fight with bare knuckles or brass knuckles, which would be even better. Two, to get people to challenge uh, incumbent Republicans who could actually win. Um, so, sort of in the context of that, it, what what are your what are you looking for in Georgia, and what are some of the mo more important things you you find you you think there are about uh, the composition of the Senate? Fifty one, forty nine, fifty fifty. Doesn't sound like a big difference, but it really is. So I think there's a <clears throat> a lot of questions in there, and I'll, I'll take them piece by piece. And Brian doesn't want to hear your answer. Apparently. Oh, he's oh, listening. He Hi, Brian. <laughs> Did I do something wrong, Brian? I hit the wrong button, forgive me. <laughs> I was trying to mute my, my microphone so I could take a sip without disturbing you. <laughs> it's usually my cat or my bird doing that. <laughs> I got a 138-pound dog who'll do the same. Oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds more dangerous. Anyway, um, John, Yeah, no. so... This is the deal. There is a huge difference in having 50-50 versus having 51-49. And the main difference is committee control 
Um, so that, and then the second is voting. And the reason why this matters is technically speaking, when we're 50-50, there is no majority party, but the way the Senate rules have worked out, it seems, is that, you know, the Democrats still get to have the chairs, get to chair the committees and the chairs set the agenda. But I don't think they, I think there are more compromises that were made. There's more control that Mitch McConnell had. And if we actually get this seat in Georgia, if we keep the Georgia seat and Warnock wins, that means we'll have, we as Democrats would have a real majority and be able to better staff and better control um, the agenda of those committees. So that's huge. The other thing is, you know, one more vote uh, means hopefully less power that either cinema or mansion have. That's Um, baby. But it also puts this, gives them also maybe a little more leverage. Let me just say it differently there. Sometimes it seems like mansion and cinema together are, you know, Samantian or whatever, like they're just <laughs> one thing, but sometimes they're different. They're, they're sort of yeah. different on things, and so that will like take you know, kind of take the power away from them, and that's good. That means getting more progress. So I, you know, that that is super important to me. Um, I can address some of the other stuff, but I feel like I've been talking a bit. So I don't know if you want me to talk about some of the other things you just raised, or well, let let, let me just go off on a slightly different okay. tangent. Um, because yes, all of that is very important. Um, and I, you know, another thing you didn't mention, but probably would have gotten to is, is just the, the how it positions Democrats for 2024, where we have a much tougher map than we did in 2022, but hopefully won't have many of the things going against us that we had this time. And, and I just want to keep reminding people that the democratic results in, in November were extraordinary. Uh, it was, Abs- it was almost unprecedented. I think the only the last time that happened, it was in, after September 11th, uh, where George Bush kind of kind of had a, a an advantage there with his unearned 90 percent approval rating. Um, so um, but I, one of the things and this is this is a, another reason this is another uh, ad for having um more Democrats and and giving us more momentum going forward is that uh, the fact that it's even close is such a stain on the Republican Party, on white voters in Georgia, um, who last I checked were uh, polling 60 percent for Walker, who is, I think, objectively the the worst Senate candidate in modern history. And we're talking about people like against people like Sharon Engel and Mehmet Oz and JD Vance, who shockingly maybe not. I don't so think you go far way. enough. I think he may be the worst in the history of the United He might be. I just don't like saying that because I don't really know. I, I mean, I can't, I can't, I don't have the receipts for that, but <laughs> you know, it just, it just points to another, um, what has become a systemic problem of, uh, the extent to which we are so conditioned to vote for party, no matter what it's, you know, party over country on the right these days. And if they can put up a candidates like JD Vance and uh, Herschel Walker and win, uh, that, that signals to me that we have an even 
more difficult and complicated fight ahead of us. Because if you think about it, Herschel Walker's main qualification is that he played football in Georgia. And that is all you need in Georgia. That's I keep saying that time, you know, people think there's something really nefarious or, or secretive or deep state or dark secret about, uh, you know, his candidacy being able to be successful. But for many rural voters who live outside of the D.C. bubble and for those who don't care about politics on a daily basis, they don't know what's going on with uh, politics. All they know is Herschel Walker played football. I like Herschel Walker. If I vote for him, I ain't necessarily a racist because I voted for a black man. But and Brian, yeah, <laughs> but it, but that is nefarious. Oh, there, there is something very nefarious about that. And well, my, my point yeah. being that there, there are two uh, different but related issues. One is uh, the inability to get information to voters who, who are outside of the main channels where people get their news. And, you know, you, you, you look at, uh, some of the views of rural rural voters who who are, are who are ba basically um, uh, get their information from from their pastors, many of whom are very um, political and 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 you know basically engaging in unconstitutional behavior, uh, or and sorry, the willingness of Republicans to be so cynical. And there's and, your point. <laughs> well, but but those two things uh, intersect in very dangerous ways. Sure. They Rachel? take advantage of them. They take yeah, advantage of them. They, That's exactly right. So, so Jen, like, what is a potential antidote? And and again, I know we're 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 talk in some ways talking about an election that is in the process of happening, but and I just want to let everybody know that there will be an emergency uh, nerd avenger session when. Uh, the result is called uh, that hopefully it's tonight, but there's been a, a historic level of early voting. And I don't know when they start counting early votes in Georgia. So even though the polls close fairly early at seven o'clock, they may not start it. I don't know. But just to let uh, everybody watching now, uh, to inform everybody who's watching now, we will be coming back on, hopefully, to, to discuss the good news, but um, also the bad news if it comes to that. Anyway, sorry, Jen, go ahead. Um, were you asking for an anecdote? Or I, I would, I'm not sure what the question was. There was a lot after the question. I so. can't believe you could not, out of that just absolute mess. Just, <laughs> you know, I just, first but of by all. by the way, if this were like. If, go ahead. Just to, just to annoy everybody further i will not i mean to go off on another tangent but it's not an <laughs> annoying one jen's new podcast booked up just uh debuted on sunday december 4th and her first guest was our very own dahlia lithwick and jen did something that i just did that i do all the time in my interviews she she basically asked the seven thousand part question that didn't end with a question and let me Dolly just be, was like, um, let me just be clear. Most of it was easy to follow. And I had a conversation this morning with Michael, my husband, um, who said he realized that when I was asking that multi-part question, it wasn't that I wanted all six parts of it to be answered. It's sort of my way of not putting 
a friend on the spot. Like I kind of throw out a bunch of stuff and think you just pick among that. And so what I should have done, or, you know, if you don't want to answer any of those, just say something. Um, so next time, and, you know, you've done this before, I'm sure, Mary and Brian, when you're on uh, when you're on national news live and you know, you've got a, like a 30 second hit and they ask you something and you, you know, you want to be polite, but you're going to kind of dispense with whatever they said pretty right. quickly and pivot. Right. And I know how to do that, but we also have more time here and I'm not going to play those games with you. So uh. no, it wasn't a criticism. It was just, a re- it was this moment of recognition where I, I know I do that all the time. Like I, First of all, we'll just make statements and expect the, the person to know that it's their turn. Um, but I just interviewed Ashwagandha, and I basically just talked for about five minutes and stopped. And she said, "I don't know what you're asking." And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> well, because it is my goal to." Uh, so, to another, in other words, Mary, you would call yourself a multi-part question person. I would indeed. Well, let me answer your question. <laughs> Absolutely right, but let's pivot to the fact that they want us to suspend the Constitution. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that was good. Yeah, what? exactly. So yeah. basically, Jen, I, I mean, what I what I was uh, asking is, you know, what what is a potential antidote to this this conundrum of low information voters on the one hand and the willingness of one of our two major political parties to disgrace itself and America by putting forward the absolute worst candidates uh, on the on the gamble, which is like a 50-50 gamble, that they'll they'll succeed simply because people are so tied into uh, voting for their party. Well, people, so the conundrum is this. Politicians want to win their elections. But as we all know, they have a primary to face before they have a general. So they're kind of boxed in, um, in that... If they they understand, they saw the massacre that was in November midterms, and they understand the kinds of cray-cray election-denying candidates cannot carry the day where they need to. And they would rather run um, a, you know, either the say, you know, a, a I don't want to call it a traditional conservative. It would also be a radical conservative. They want to run someone who is more palatable in the general, but they cannot get that so-called more palatable person in through a primary. So they're, um, I think either they're going to have to try, you know, they've tried the kind of bait and switch. It just doesn't work. And, and the problem with them, the reason why they cannot win primaries is because of your idiot uncle who has still been very successful and is sort of in the wings or actually trying to take center stage again and will attack anyone who tries to stand in his spotlight. So they're really the only, um, so on the one hand, we could say, well, you know, maybe this is good for Democrats winning um, in 2024. But on the other hand, it really sucks for democracy because it's not for us just about winning elections. It's actually about having an educated electorate, about having us be able to actually vote, about true compromise on policies, about having our laws and policies reflect the, you know, the progression of our society. So all of that stuff, if it's not just about winning, is jeopardized. What what I would go, so one last thing is, so what, what is the antidote? The antidote is probably an indictment because at some point that is going to make somebody um, step out of the race. I don't think you can be defending criminal cases on multiple fronts and also running for office. But, you know, I wouldn't put anything past oh, well, it. I mean, you no, could I'm run from jail if you want to. Right. But, you know, right. Brian, you 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 said in the chat 
um, teaching media literacy. I agree. Teaching uh, critical thinking. Absolutely. Well, I think it's going to be part of the uh, curriculum that goes yeah. for kids. You've got to be raised in an environment in which you're aware of what you're uh, consuming, whether or not it's real or not. Media literacy is a real issue that has to be taught in schools beginning from, you know, uh, primary to secondary and post-secondary education. We have too many people in this country who simply don't know what it is. And that's speaking to your point, Mary, is the, the intersection of cynicism and taking advantage of the rubes. You, you can take advantage of people when they're not aware of what it is that you're saying is, is full of shit. So that's that to me, that's the ultimate long term. But Jen, you're also right in the short term. It's going to be an indictment. <laughs> but it, I, I will just finish by saying that in Georgia, at least, Mary, to your point, in that race, I, I still think that uh, Herschel Walker is a vampire. He's definitely not a, a werewolf. So he'll be, you know, he'll survive only if uh, there are people who are around that he can uh, that he can take advantage of. And I think those people are not enough to get him elected. Winter is here, especially for those of us in the Northeast. And for us, that means struggling to find the right temperature when we sleep. But I've recently found a way to stay at the perfect temperature all night long using silver-infused bedsheets by Miracle Brand that were inspired by NASA. Using silver-infused fabrics, Miracle Brand makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can always sleep in comfort. Since I started using Miracle Brand self-cooling bedsheets, I stay comfortable every night, all night long, thanks to Miracle Brand's thermoregulating sheets' unique self-cooling properties. They're perfect for everyone. Even better, they're self-cleaning, thanks to their infusion of natural silver that prevents 99% of bacterial growth. That means they stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. Their design is much better for your skin with fewer bacteria to clog your pores and they're great for many of our skin issues. Miracle sheets are also luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands. That makes Miracle sheets the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family. Who doesn't want to sleep better on luxurious feeling bed sheets? And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one, just in time for the holidays. So sleep cleaner, and more comfortably in luxury with Miracle Brand sheets. Seriously, you know, especially now that it's cold outside and starting to turn the heat on, these sheets I've noticed make a huge difference in how well I sleep and how I feel when I wake up in the morning, especially on those nights when I forget to fill up the humidifier uh, and the air gets really dry and warm. So go to trymiracle.com slash Mary to try today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Save over 40% and be sure to use my promo code Mary at checkout to save even more and get three free towels. And Miracle is so confident in its product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Brand. Go to trymiracle.com slash Mary and use the code Mary to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. That's trymiracle.com slash Mary to treat yourself, a friend, or loved one this holiday season. 
Thank you, Miracle Brand, for sponsoring this episode. You can also find the link in the show notes. Yeah, and, and obviously there, there there are always two tracks we need to be operating on the, the long-term fixes, uh, media literacy, critical thinking, actually teaching civics in a way that helps children from kindergarten on up. Like, don't just teach it junior in high school. Make it relevant to their day-to-day lives so they understand and uh, help them become the kind of critically thinking people who can um, <clears throat> make their own informed decisions uh but short term (laughs) this happens every time donald behaves exactly how he always behaves right uh and just sometimes he i guess some people think that he's crossing a line um which is i think absurd but like how many lines can you cross before you just are given any lines a long time ago? Those lines are way in his 1968 is, you know, seriously. So um, probably before that. So this whole argument about where's the Republican part, first of all, who fucking cares? <laughs> like, what, you, what are they going to say? Like, the, yes, there have been maybe two pu- Republicans who have explicitly called Donald to task. One of them is Mitt Romney, who said he's not a MAGA, he's a rhino. It's like, are you kidding? What are you doing, Mitt Romney? You're being a coward, and you're pretending that Donald is not has nothing to do with the Republican Party. Sorry, guys, you don't get to do that. The rest of them have made very mealy-mouthed comments not having anything to do with Donald, just just the, the Constitution is very important. And, you know, McCarthy, if and when he's a leader, I'm sorry, speaker of the House, which is just something that fills me with such horror, uh, has said they're going to read the Constitution. I'm pretty sure they're not going to read the three-fifths clause. And much more to our point today, I'm almost certain they're going to skip over uh, amend- Section 3 of Amendment 14. <laughs> which says that people who engage in insurrections against the United States government are ineligible to run for office. But uh, I don't know. Call me crazy. Uh, Jen, you have you have some anecdotal evidence. Uh, no, you have an anecdote <laughs> to share with us about. Your- I do. Um, bit by bit, I have noticed that my um, older uh, white Republican relatives from Michigan have separated themselves from Donald Trump. Now they would often whisper how much they disliked him, but now they're getting louder and and they and allowing me to kind of not use their names but share what they're saying and um what struck me the other day as a family member um sent me a piece that was in their local paper which was just I think it was just a re a republication of the AP article about Donald being rebuked supposedly for his wanting to terminate or suspend the constitution and a long, you know, sort of tirade about how dangerous this person was. And this relative said to me, actually said, um, your friend Mary might need to change her last name, <laughs> which I thought was why really now, funny. why now? Right. Yes, but I, but, your last name. And, and I didn't even know this relative knew I had, a, had you as a friend. So it was interesting, like something they would never mention before, but you know, my, your friend Mary may need to change her name. And and then just saying, you know, and then the other thing, though, is this relative also told me on the phone that a, um, a cousin of mine, you know, again, an older person um, 
a second cousin of mine had, who is, as this relative said, uh, to the right of Attila the Hun. This is somebody, <laughs> you know, I've had conversations with her and it's just painful, um, has been, you know, ultra conservative, has just said, uh, this is no longer my party. It's broken. Which if this happened to this one person, I'm telling you, and you may, you may roll, look at that like me, like roll your eyes, Mary, but these no, are no, the, I'm not rolling my the hate, the hate that I hear for Donald is stronger than the hate I used to hear from them about Hillary. Yeah, I agree with you. There. And once, and I got to tell you about these Midwesterners, once they start hating you, they don't stop hating you. Yeah. Guys, yeah. That's, I mean, the grudges, my, my, yeah, the, the grudges they hold and they're just silent grudges. They will not, you know, this is, this is a lifetime grudge for the rest of their lives. And this is why you saw what happened in Michigan happen. Right. And yeah. I mean, look, that I, I, that's good. That's very good, but it's not enough. I mean, that we can't start. Keep, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm yes, it's a start, but we, we get tripped up. If we allow the Republican to do what clearly Romney is trying to do, you know, people like Romney and Murka maybe Murkowski, although I'm not I'm not sure her statement was sort of brief and just to the point. Um, he's trying to thread this needle. Donald's the problem. He's not really a Republican. Well, um, I beg to differ. They've enabled him at every turn. And that's how, why one of the many reasons I feel the way I feel about Liz Cheney. I mean, yes, I'm glad she finally found a line uh, that could not be crossed. And you could say the same thing about about um, Romney. But if, if they one, they all voted for him. But two, and would they again? I, may, I, may, I don't think Cheney would, but I, I'm pretty sure well, Romney would. And they supported but, his policies. They voted with him but, ninety over ninety percent of the time. Ryan, that's exactly the point. Yeah, you you cannot make that separation if you're still supporting the policies, and it's the policies that have been not just the, sorry, not just the policies, but also the fact that um, the party supported the big lie. The party has consistently. Yes, with one or two exceptions, just gone totally back and revived, you know, created this revisionist history of January 6th. So don't yes, you think it's like at this point, it's just so flipping absurd to care at all what Republicans have to say about what Donald said? Well, to but to Jen's point, I think they're making strides to, you know, it's like. I mean, want, sorry, I meant elected Republicans, not into the light. Hang on, hang on. For staying in the darkness. For so hang long. on a second. No, I, I, I meant elected Republicans. Yes. I'm all for Republican voters like Jen's relatives getting there, you. and I applaud them. I'm, I'm talking specifically in this instance about elected Republicans. Well, I guess what I'm saying is specifically that those elected Republicans have a limited shelf life because those who vote them in from the Republican Party are opening themselves up to the type of criticism of Donald Trump and the Republicans that others have uh, embraced for the last five years. And to the, to Jen's point, it says something to me that my very conservative Trump loving uh, church of the Jesus of the waving hands relatives <laughs> who believe that, you know, that, that those people are now coming out against Donald Trump. And the one comment when Donald Trump said, I want to dissolve or terminate, the uh, uh, the Constitution. 
my very conservative relative, who is a huge Trumper, who belongs to the Church of the Waving Hands, <laughs> said uh, basically, oh, yeah, sure, he wants to dissolve the Constitution. I bet he doesn't want to dissolve the Fifth Amendment. And that, that. That was hysterical. I know, it's like, that was hysterical. I mean, that tells you where they're at. So those people that have been voted in office by these very same Republicans now will either have to pivot or I believe on down the line will face a very limited shelf life in office because there are people that, as Jen said, man, when you when you hack off a, someone from the Midwest, you've made a lifelong enemy and you don't have to do any. You can kiss their butt for the rest of your life and you're not going to make them happy. So I think that I think and let me just pick it, and that this rep this oh. reverence for the Constitution is exactly right, Brian. In fact, the the, the email that I had gotten was was this thing. The tirade was also this philosophical thing about in this country we're not supposed to have a central religion. We what, what holds us together is this document, yes. and you know, and it's it's so it's not just Donald; it's anyone who who would, you know, if Democrats were smart, when they run against these candidates, they will say, why didn't you stand up for the Constitution? In fact, they should fucking be doing that now. It is an interesting uh, bit of, oh, I don't want to call it hypocrisy exactly, but it is a little bit of a surprising development to me in the evangelical community because they, many white evangelicals, and I mean white evangelical community, many white evangelicals think that this is a Christian country. So it is a little surprising that the document that actually makes it explicitly clear that it is not a Christian country. Well, I think that's the, the my the relative is that. Jewish, though. So it, I don't well, know. If, I don't have any. I don't no, have I, any I, white evangelical. Relatives. I was referring not, to oh, Brian's the, the, the hand waving, waving hands. Yeah, people. Got it. Church um, waving hands. And it, it, it also. It's over Jesus. <laughs> it also reminds me that that I really do. I want to have a couple of people. I want to have um, Bishop William Barber on and Chrissy Stroop uh, on, who is uh, grew up in a white evangelical family, and and her experiences and her insights into into that are fascinating. So I think those would be amazing guests to have on to talk about this very issue because I don't really feel qualified I at all. Um, I I'm an atheist from New York. <laughs> So uh, I live in a shocking, a bubble. Um, and I actually started, I don't even know why I, I was just really tired and, and I, I just wasn't, couldn't get any work done. So I watched a movie and then another movie was recommended and it turned out to be the documentary Jesus camp. And I thought, let, let me torture myself and watch Jesus. Christ. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I lasted like seven minutes because <laughs> yeah. it is one, because it's, um, it's very difficult to believe that uh, people are so careless about how they indoctrinate children. Uh, but two, um, because it's very depressing to realize that this is huge swaths of this country um, are uh, wrapped up. up. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that it's pushed by, in many cases, very cynical, power-hungry, money-hungry people like the Joel Osteens, uh, who has like a 20-car garage and private jets and doesn't pay taxes because he's a man of God, you know. <laughs> so um, it's... Well, 
it's that cognitive dissonance. It's, it, you know, it's the 1984 thing, being able to carry two conflicting ideas in your head and, and shout them both at the same time and defend them both. Yeah. I'm God, but screw you. I, yeah. I, I, I believe in, you know, love and understanding, but not for you. It, it's, mm-hmm. That's the, it, that's the cognitive dissonance that we've been fighting for years. And uh, the, the internet and, you know, live streaming and, and, and social media has given these people a, a platform from which to spout their BS and, and while people will, you know, say, hey, that's a horrible thing, I actually think it's it's ultimately going to be better for us because on down the road, we'll see it for what it is, and re- then the majority will react to it accordingly, I hope. I have faith. There you go. There's my <laughs> Brian has faith. I, I have faith, baby. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, it's like Jesus. Jazz um, hands. <laughs> Sorry, don't mean to offend anybody. Uh I just don't, I, honestly, there are just some things I don't understand. And uh, I think, you know, Brian, you point to uh, this idea that that I think in my mind links to seemingly disparate events. There's what happened in the Supreme Court yesterday about, the, like, I don't even know what this Uh-oh. case is. Wait a minute. Can I interrupt with a breaking news thing Please from Please do. That's what we're all about on the Mary Trump Show, Nerd Avengers. Oh, my January, God. What? what? The January 6th House panel will recommend criminal prosecution, the chairman says. That, we I knew mean, that. is that shocking? Scott, I'm, I'm one of those Sorry, we knew that. I yeah. well, we we just didn't know specifically there, what they were. Specifically is kind of cool. It is, you know, it's good to hear. Um, and now let's let's get fifty-one senators and get a new attorney general. Where is um, the bingo card for like all of the potential charges that will come against Donald? It's and too big to Donald fit in a hat in anybody's. Sell it. <laughs> it's too big, Brian. Like, you're right. Yeah, I know. It's like eight thousand squares. Like, like, there's just not enough. Oh God. That is so fucking cynical. Mary, did you hear what Brian just said? I did not, because I, I was trying I, to say something so funny. Where's, that, the, that where's the bingo card? And I said, I don't know, but if Donald can make money off of it, Donald will sell it. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Yeah, and then it's hopefully Eugene will garnish his wages. That's, that's true. That's what we're hoping. Um, but anyway, uh, that getting back get to the other, the two issues that, I, that seem linked, it's, the goings on at the Supreme Court, and again, this case, I don't even understand why it's a case. This woman was just thinking about building a website to provide, to, to make, sorry, a business that provides uh, wedding websites, but she doesn't want to have to do it for gay people. But in Colorado, you can't discriminate. So you've got Alito, not, uh, sorry, Gorsuch referring to this as um re-education camps and you've got alito making the most vile sexist sorry racist and misogynistic jokes uh in his hypotheticals about well you know you're if you have a black santa in a mall it's not like you're gonna see a lot of kids wearing cake i mean what so so basically uh, comparing um gay couples to kkk i mean it was absurd and just you know, implying that uh, Elena Kagan knows about these dating websites. It was just such a perfect example of why nobody has any faith in the legitimacy of this court. So you've got that happening. Well, they have no sense of humor. (laughs) Well, they think they do. I mean, it is just hysterical to joke about taking away people's fundamental human rights. 
Um, and then you've got Moore County, in which some some domestic terrorist shot up an electrical st station. I don't I don't know the technical term, but basically created a blackout so they couldn't hold a a drag an adults only drag show because there was no power. And then you have a suspect being visited by the sheriff, and the sheriff instead of fingerprinting her or, inter or interrogating her, whatever sheriffs are supposed to do and such is they pray together because it's a conservative Christian town. And how dare those gays come on in and have a, their own show. I mean, I it, think it would it, have been funnier for the sheriff showed up and dragged, but that's just me. I it thought they actually were able to have the show with flashlights, ironically. But, but I mean, it's uh, hopefully, but it's, it's a terror. It, one, it just shows that, uh, the narrative is being driven by the wrong people and that people in power, whether it's a Supreme Court justice or a sheriff, are making common cause with the people who are out to deny the rest of us our basic human rights. And that seems problematic to me. Well, Am I overreacting? Correct. No, you're not overreacting. No, that's I, mean, a, that's a I know I'm not overreacting. To make and, but I mean, I often look at, and having been raised Catholic, and I always considered that a cult. I mean, I, I can tell you about, <laughs> you don't even want to know. I didn't have, by the way, I didn't have pedophile priests. I just had drunks. But that's. Well, that's, that's probably that's, better. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, except, you know, you didn't want to show up for Sunday mass and have to steer the priest up to the pulpit where he would fall down. But nonetheless, I I find that it to me the the overpopulation or the seeming um, emphasis on those from the Church of the Waving Hands and Six Flags Over Jesus is basically that those people uh, are cockroaches that need to be uh, you know I don't want to say exterminated but at least uh, you, you can believe whatever you want. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, I'm that. I'm a I'm against that. I, I'm against all even of that. even calling any I'm against calling any human being any kind any of yes, I don't like yeah, that. I, I feel you, but it 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 feels like to me an infestation. Yeah, that's and the only well, way to address that is through education. I, you know, but I do want to make this other because since we're you, I I support atheism, I support organized religion, I support disorganized religion. I think that just like just like I love um what's the when you go to the theater there's this thing called suspension of disbelief. You know, when you come into this world, all we have waiting for us supposedly is the end of consciousness death and our bones become dust you know that's not <laughs> hooray. that's upbeat <laughs> in theory well no no but Welcome. that's the theory but i think religion provides an opportunity to divert our attention from the futility of human existence to the possibility of an ever after and if that's what people want to believe and if doing that allows for morality it's not the only way to have morality if doing that allows for treating each other kindly and not entirely acting in your own self-interest. If doing so creates opportunities to organize communities, uh, I think well, that's all great. About religion, yes. Well, and, and, yeah. So I just want to be clear. And I, and I know plenty of people who in the name of their religion, who don't take 
things that were written thousands of years ago, literally, who have evolved their thinking to the current day and take the most fundamental teaching, which we're taught in the Torah, which is essentially the golden rule, do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. You know, well, the Beatitudes, it, the, the Sermon on the Mount. So memory. I, you know, I, you know, and, and I just want to say, the, I can't stand that fucking commercial with Ronald Reagan Jr., who's always his atheism commercial. It's like- Oh, Freedom From Religion Foundation? Freedom From Religion. It's like, great. If you don't want to have religion, great. But I don't think it makes an atheist any more superior- well, then, no, this is no, what, I just want to I and I am. So I just want to say that's why I get concerned when you when, to use a word like cockroach about yeah. a, uh, people. That's why I'm just pushing. I feel you, I feel you. But I having been steeped in it, I can find no uh, it, it. And I don't find it hyperbolic. I, I can't find anything that is as metaphorically sound as that. To your point, I find that people that are intelligent and are religious are far easier to talk with than those who are not informed there. I have seen and been to too many masses where we teach uh, the golden rule where you read the Beatitudes, the priest will read the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, which by the way, Jesus is coming out party, the best part of the Bible, the, or, or, you know, the Bible book too, you know, the, the Jewish. I love Torah, that. I yeah, love the, the Sermon on the Mount. Torah it's incredible. Rocky one. Catholics are Rocky too. We've got our own new heroes. And, and that, that speech that he makes about, you know, that's all that you really need to know and, and do unto others. Okay. I have seen that preached in church and then people go out to the parking lot and beat each other up, trying to get out of the parking lot and start cursing each but other. This so, is the, but that's the problem. I mean, first of is. all, I, I don't want any, any one document that's not the constitution and even that is a deeply flawed, flawed document uh, it's a living document though yeah it's a living document unless you're one of the six super majority in the supreme court um you know which is also problematic but you know i don't honestly i don't support any of uh, any of it i support people's right to make their own choices exactly. um and you know we're so it's it's kind of it's sort of irrelevant uh it's completely irrelevant what the Bible says, but also we have to acknowledge that the danger is that many of the people who are infinitely more dangerous than, than those they characterize as cockroaches, uh, than those for whom they would in welcome extermination, whether it's the LGBTQ plus community, Jews, Muslims, anybody who's different from them and believes differently from them on um, the danger one of the reasons they're so dangerous is because uh the followers are are easily manipulable there are a lot of cynical people who who uh much like the republican party take advantage of that and they don't even follow the scripture that they pretend to revere so much um because if they did then uh they would totally be totally cool with making america a socialist country but you know again it doesn't matter because this this country is not a religion this is not a, a christian country this is not a country well but the problem though is that that is exactly what this supreme sorry i'm waving my uh, pencil sharpening knife around like a psycho sorry <laughs> um is that the supreme court which is immune from the will of the voter at least at the moment seems 
uh, on a collision to be on a collision course with both the First Amendment and democracy itself. Part uh, of the First Amendment. They're fine with the part of well, the First Amendment that says the right for people to worship, you know, whatever religion they want. Bullshit. They're, they're really seriously. You think if a, a Muslim coach. No, no. On the fifty-yard line, Christians are fine with the First Amendment when it comes to uh, respecting the establishment of religion, as long as it's their religion. Right, but that's but that's, Brian, that's that's, that's the, not they, what the Constitution. I understand, means. but so that's they're not. Their, they're, that's they're, their defense. But they're okay. But it's a it's it's a poor so one. They parse it. They they par- That's where the, the problem the, comes. They parse the First Amendment to make it sound like it is what they want it to be. Right, that's, of course that, that's, that's the so problem. I'm agreeing with you, but right. I, I, yeah, but it's all, but it it doesn't. They're still they're, they're misconstruing mo- oh, on purpose, right? So so they are totally um, against what the or, Constitution. Or not on purpose. Maybe they I, haven't even read the document. I mean, I guarantee. Well, you I'm I, talking about the Supreme Court justices, and oh, although you know what, I bet most Republican <laughs> Congress people haven't read the Constitution. I mean, Donald never read the Constitution, yeah. so I don't who think the hell Donald could get through the first. I know he did. I know he knows not what the the Bill of Rights are, and I guarantee he hasn't read anything past those. No, which is why, like, I, you, part of I, I don't know. I don't really understand, Jen, why we can't come up with a way to like a screening system. Like I've always thought that, but you know, besides hopefully learning the lesson that we can't we can't count on norms and tradition anymore. We need to codify everything. Uh, there's like, why can't there just, why can't candidates for office be required to take the same citizenship test that, uh, immigrants have to take, or, you know, why, why don't they have to at least jump through some hoops to demonstrate at least the minimum, um, whatever that word I'm looking for. What is that word I'm looking for? Um, fitness, fitness, fitness. Okay, well, are you talking about presidential candidates? I'm just going to pretend you are. Yeah, because um, I, I mean, it, so it gets unwieldy if we're talking about, you know, you can't, uh, you would need to amend the Constitution because yeah, there's a well, real separation of powers issue. If Congress were to it, pass a law short of amending the Constitution, if they didn't have the votes to amend the Constitution, if Congress were going to try to pass a law to change the requirements for office, for the ex- head of the executive branch. So funny, I forgot about that part. <laughs> okay, just because your reverence for the Constitution was so impressive minutes ago. <laughs> no, no, you know what? I just realized why, because I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about... Ouch. Candid- can- no, but seriously, I was talking about uh, people running for a party nomination, which has nothing to do with the Constitution. I wasn't talking... Political parties can do what they want. Yeah, that's what I was talking about, because obviously uh, the other thing that... I don't want want candidates... Because otherwise, Donald still would have been the candidate, and and that we don't want people like that getting that far. Let me tell you why. I have an answer for you. They sure as hell could do it, and then Donald would refuse to do it and run as a third party, and they can't win anything. In other words, the parties can do what they want to do. Right. They didn't even want him to be the nominee. You know, they even tried to get him to step down after the Access Hollywood video. And there was no way. And that's why they kissed the ring. All they they had to do. Well, that's one of the reasons. At the very beginning, all they had to do was say, first of all, you 16 idiots, you can all run because you're just going to make everything worse. And all they had to do at the very beginning before Donald even had an inkling of an idea that he had any hope was say, you want to be a candidate? 
show us your tax returns. And he would have said, you know what? This grift ain't going to work this time. So I'm going to go grift somewhere else. Because um, it wasn't until like mid. It really, I don't think it wasn't, wasn't until. I don't remember precisely what the moment was. Uh, it was early. It was early 2016. It was by February. It was clear to me he was going to get the nomination. Was it that early? But to, I okay, think but so. They, they had but maybe not them. It's then. when he went on. Or March, it was maybe. During the, uh, it was during the debates where he cemented his, his legitimacy as a candidate. Well, the and first debates, because- even in November of 2015 or whenever that was, it was yeah. shocking how he he got all of the energy in the room. Yep. And But it was early. It was February or March. I guess when were the first, you know, primaries, it was clear that he was cleaning up. Well, February and, and January in Iowa and New Hampshire, March, it was Super Tuesday where he yeah. started to clean up. And it was apparent that he was going to well, be a lead candidate. But he, I think. And they have the all or nothing rules, right? And that's what yeah. screwed them too. And by the time he got out on stage and took them all down and sucked up all the oxygen and became as outlandish as he wanted to be. Did we begin paying attention to him and not the way we should have? And here we are again. Uh, so, yeah. you know, before, because I, I absolutely believe that, you know, he's not the problem. It's that the Republican Party either continues to stand with him or fail to stand up to him. And uh, that the they just don't have the wherewithal, the courage or the what have you to recognize the mistake they've made. And so they're held hostage to him. I mean, I don't don't get me wrong. I don't think they're they disagree with him. I think they're all you know, he he's just given them permission to be their worst selves and indulge in the kinds of misogyny and racism and uh, anti-immigrant hatred that he, you know, started being open about. Um, the, the problem really is that for decades now, this has been their trajectory of the party and, and yeah, even Nixon, Nixon, uh, since I think policy wise since Reagan, but structurally since, since Nixon and of course, Roger Ailes and Nixon began it. Yep. Yep. So, you know, here we find ourselves and, uh, we are we are trapped in this vicious cycle of we don't want to pay him. In fact, Dahlia wrote a really good piece about not wanting to spend one more second devoting our our precious energy and other resources talking about or thinking about people like Kanye West, Elon Musk, Donald Trump. Kevin McCarthy, on and on and on. I mean, it just, it does feel like we we lose a little bit of our soul every time we have to talk about them. But then, you know, that conundrum is, well, ignore them. Certainly ignore Donald. I think we could ignore Kanye West. Um, we can't ignore Elon Musk. We certainly can't ignore Donald Trump because this is the head of the party He's that just called to have, uh, yes, who's running for president in 2024 and so far is the only Republican who has announced he's running for, for president in 2024, who just called to destroy the Constitution. And it wasn't on the front page of the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. So then what happens? That kind of rhetoric goes underground. It gets normalized. 
So the next time it happens, we're like, well, like, I mean, well, you yeah, know, that's a so? double sword, though, Marianne. We Unlike get, this, <laughs> we get hey, we get to a tough room, you know. We we get criticized for, you know, the press will get criticized for saying something about it by saying, hey, you're paying too much attention to him, and if you ignore it, we get criticized for not paying enough attention to it. The fact of the matter is, it has to be. We're doing it wrong both ways. Yep. What we need to do is call attention to it and explain what it is right. and put it in, in context, which is not what we do. What we do is we, we're stenographers and we are really good at covering horse races. So we talk about polls and rallies. Doing, right. And, and instead of saying, instead of explaining exactly what it is that Donald Trump is doing and why he's doing it, because we're not qualified enough to actually break it down and tell people what it is. That's our problem. We're, we're not very good at our jobs. So a lot of people knowing there's something wrong with the press would either have us say, quit talking about it, or if you're going to talk about it, damn it, tell, tell us what it really is. And that part is true. We, do, we don't do that well. And the fact of the matter is Donald Trump is a danger. The matter of fact is he has called for the, you know, the termination of part. And like I said, I'm pretty sure he'd stand by the Fifth Amendment. And, you know, there are those who are making jokes that are saying, Hey, look, if he's getting rid of the Constitution, that means he's getting rid of the Second Amendment. So he's coming after your guns, which is is a bad joke. But nonetheless, there are people who don't really understand what it is that Donald Trump does. And we don't do a very good job of informing people about it, which is why I go back to we need media literacy in this country. Yeah. And and Jen, we're we're at this inflection point where on the one hand, we need the media more than ever because information so siloed there's so much disinformation out there and yet um you know we we have uh broadcast news outlets having republicans on and not holding their feet to the fire like not having them answer simple yes or no questions like the head of your party just uh said he wants to throw out the constitution because he's a sore loser do you support him for 2024 they can't seem to do that and we're hearing it sounds like CNN is like totally imploding. Uh, so do you have any thoughts about that? Have you heard anything about, um, or, or sorry, not heard anything, but like, do you have any um, thoughts about like what, why there seems to be um, in media, not just that the yeah I get the corporatist thing, but there really does seem to be this belief that that the the only way to make money is to go over to the right or the dark side. Uh, <clears throat> so there's the in terms of being one of these paid commentators in particular. I think that was it. Uh, I think Brian a couple weeks ago was talking about this idea when they're trying to find balance and look for somebody, you know, can they complete a sentence or not? And I mean, you know, cynically, it's true. Seriously. If Brian and I suddenly, you know, saw the the light and um, became Republicans and said, you know, (laughs) I'm ready to, you know, go back. So you're you're waving your hands the same way now? I'm scared. So if, if I were to say, you know what, it's not fair. You know, I grew up in a Republican family and though I've always been a registered Democrat. Now that the Republicans are such a shit show of fascists, I'm going to start saying I'm a Republican and I'm going to start standing up for some of these, you know, conservative Republican values. And if I say I'm a registered Republican now, 
and started saying nice things about Liz Cheney or maybe even nice things about some of them, you know, Mitt Romney, who I have met before. And if I bet I could, you know, get some kind of gig, I'd have to keep moving further to the right. If I said, you know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders isn't so bad. And if I did that, yeah, but like, that's not what, that's just, I just can't, it doesn't, it's not credible. Right. I can't make those words. (laughs) But it's not why any of us, many of us do what we do. So at this point, the people who used to be those real genuine conservatives, like, um, you know, our friend Jennifer Rubin or, you know, people like uh, Norm Ornstein, our friend, he's not going to say he's a Republican. Right. And it's amazing. And there's no space like, you know, yes, she's on now, but it's not such an it's not such a novelty to say I've left the Republican Party. So there's not it's not like there's, you know, those voices. So, yeah, I don't know, Mary, but I, I, I don't know. I, I saw a lot of people are being fired from CNN and I don't know. It seems like across the board, not just people who no, spoke it is up. Well, some, somebody it is, tweeted. Yeah, and I know that, several that have it. Some of these, actually, I, I agree with some of those higher profile cases. That yeah, let's not talk about that one person with schadenfreude. Oh, yeah. like like Chris Salissa? I, I mean, didn't it, say sorry, it rhymes with Chris Salissa. <laughs> Should have been fired <laughs> years ago. But anyway. Wrong more than a weatherman, for God's sakes. <laughs> so what is can i just i know it's not the topic but brian why are they are they running out of money or what's going on at cnn i think they're making a readjustment at cnn and i think that we have not yet seen where it's going to go but some of the uh decisions that they've made actually are sound journalistic decisions um Chris a lot of them and then <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> he's terrible. No, we're absolutely disagree. And, and then some of them are budgetary. You have to remember, we still live in the age of constriction. And the fact is that during Ronald uh, Ronald Trump, during Donald Trump's <laughs> tenure, whatever, we're calling him Ronald Trump. I like that. There was a lot more <laughs> Ronald McDonald Trump. No, it's, a, it's the amalgam. It's, it's Ronald Reagan and Donald yeah. Trump. Ronald Trump I like <laughs> and Ronald McDonald. And Ronald McDonald. <laughs> clown. clown. So. <laughs> That, that clown circus that was the Trump administration had mm-hmm. took a lot of uh, oxygen and had a larger audience. So they hired, they, they stocked up on people. And now that it's back to, uh, you know, not so great ratings they're letting some of them go. That's part of the, the problem we have in journalism is the fact that we are, we are slaves to capitalism and, and to profit. And if you can't figure out how to make a profit, like, I don't know, like maybe say doing the news then you and you uh, will let people go. You, you, you've seen Jen, you and I, Mary. You've been on these. We've all been on these uh, these panel shows where you have a, a an anchor who will speak, and then everybody gets thirty seconds or a minute and a half to say something. And at the end of the ten minute segment, nothing's settled. There's no news given. It's just people arguing, mm-hmm. and then we move on. It's entertainment, right. but it's not journalism. So and it's than, not really entertaining either. Quite no, it's a pain in the ass. So instead of, but people. Oh, come on. I love it. I love a hair and makeup. That's I, the fun part. I, no, they're <laughs> arguing. They're talking oh, over never mind, never Like mind. we're doing it. Fine. I loved it. <laughs> it taught me some great techniques. So, uh, but now that that's gone, that it, instead of investing in journalism to keep your audience, a simple decision by the boards are to just cut staff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Although somebody tweeted that, uh, you know, like 20 people still there mm. from on air personalities to behind the scenes people have a, the, a, a journalist said, uh, have, have approached him to say that things have never been worse at CNN oh. than they are now. So well, I, who knows? I, you know, I, I think this whole thing about, I think, you know, there's a bit of a, so just in terms of the economics, we all know that, you know, news gathering is more expensive. And because of the, the, you know, sort of explosion of, the internet where anyone can like, I can read a newspaper that I subscribe to and then just summarize it. And so people aren't subscribing as much advertisers know where the eyeballs are or are not. And remember when CNN tried to do the live streaming thing so that whatever it is, I think advertisers, I don't know if advertisers don't love not really knowing who is buying or watching the ads because you know, Nielsen is a sample versus click-throughs mm-hmm. show you reality. And I just right. think that it's very confusing for the brands to know what to do and where to put their money. And any shift in spending by brands, you know, is going to change what they do. And I don't know if they if this is, is what's to come, just more disaggregated I mean, news sources. That's but. true, but income has not fallen dramatically at networks. The outgo has so that's what you have to do is they want to make a certain profit margin. So you're, you're oh, right. So it's the shareholders making sure they get their dividends. Okay. That's yeah. Exactly so what all this is. Yeah. I mean, we got to wrap up soon, but um, I, you know, to that point, Brian, then maybe CNN shouldn't have lit three hundred million dollars on fire with their, <laughs> without even, you know, they they crafted this experiment and didn't even see if it was going to work. They pulled the plug before it even started. What I was mean, 300 it's... million for? Live streaming. What? Yeah. Yes. You know what? If you gave me 10 million, I could have done a better job. Well, Listen, I actually have Casey, a budget for that. Yes, you're right. Casey yeah. Hunt. Um, what's his name? Who used to be on Fox? Wallace. Uh, Mike Wallace. Wallace. Rex Chapman. I, uh, a couple other people were all had these given these bright, shiny new shows for the CNN streaming, they invested, CNN invested $300 million in this new venture. And then what's his name? The new guy Licht, comes in. Pulls and- the plug before it ever even got started. And the problem is, is that actually could have worked if you, if I, well, may- they could have re- at least recouped some of their money now. I mean, right. I, don't know. I maintain insane. if you actually, there is a market for this. Gee, I wrote a book, but there is a market for this, that if you did news, there are an overwhelming number of people in the United States, maybe not a majority, but a, a large enough that you could make a small profit. You wouldn't make the profit that the boards want to, but you would grow an audience over time organically by doing what it is that we all want, real news, vetted, factual news. You know, I we're not in the job. I, I, I love it when people say, I just want journalists to tell me the truth. Well, if you want truth, as Indiana Jones says, that's two doors down in, in some philosophy class. What we're about is vetted facts <laughs> by which everyone can decide what their own truth is. And you can't have an argument in politics or in a public area, an arena. Journalism should be that language of vetted facts. And we don't do that. We come at you from the left or come at you from the right, wherever the money is. But there is money to be made right in the middle, doing it the right way, and we don't do it at all. That's right. And you know, you think we're more opinion media now that it's not as much. That's all it is. It's it's yeah. Well, it's not all it is, but but you know, you can also do opinion media as long as it's based on like journalism should be neutral as to the facts, but biased towards democracy. 
I think it's I, that's that's what I think. Um, anyway, we're get, we got to wrap up, but uh, along those lines, everybody, read Brian's book, Free the Press. It's a really excellent book, uh, actually, and definitely check out Jen Taub's new podcast. Like, brand. Can I have you new. say the name of it so people can I, find it? I was. Can I plug? No, I'm just gonna just. I. It's like a game. You have to Google it without knowing what it's called to find. Of course, oh, I'm going to say game. the name of your freaking I like that podcast. Game. There'll be a prize. There'll it's be a giant the... Coke if you can find it. It's... Oh, that's, not <laughs> freaking... that's a terrible prize. Uh, it's called Booked Up. And some of the people on your screen right now may be guests in the future. Who knows? Sebastian um, wrote a book? And mine is Just Ask the Question. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian. I was hey, yeah. I was pushing your book. I can't push everything. I'll, I'll push but yes, Brian also has a podcast which I've been on, which is which was really fun. I've, I always have a good time when I'm on. Uh, just ask the question. See, I know the names of these things. <laughs> um, but you know, since we do live in this weird media environment where it's it's very hard to know where to go, uh, come to the little guys. Come, come to to come to us. Come to uh, the Mary Trump show. No complacency, no compromise. Nerd Avengers and Jen's and Brian's podcast and Danielle's and Waja's podcasts and Dahlia's podcast and and I mean everybody. Norm has a podcast. We all have podcasts. Uh, but you know we are also we all write and whether it's uh, short form stuff or books. So this is a really good place to get lots of information. And I'm plugging your event now. Hey, I, do you see that? It looks like Simon's that. running the, running the ticker across the oh, screen. Look at that. <laughs> well, by the way, there's news about there's news about the uh, our December nineteenth debut of the Mary Trump Show live Nerd Avengers uh, in Los Angeles at Dynasty Typewriter on Monday, December nineteenth at seven thirty p.m. We have more tickets because they changed the way they do video. Like their video setup used to take up 14 seats. So they changed it. So they have, we just have 14 more seats. So if you haven't done so yet, you have. Wait, we have 14 more seats and you haven't even announced who our special guest is? That's right. Because wow. the special guest won't be announced until the show. Nice. So it's a surprise. Ooh. So one I shouldn't way or tell the anyone, other. Mary. I'm gonna try really Definitely hard. Don't, don't you dare. <laughs> We're gonna have to end the show right now because I, I'm I'm worried that Jen is going to reveal I'm not. I'm not a very, very deep, deeply held secret. Um okay. no, but seriously, there there are 14 tickets left. So if you're in the area, uh it would be awesome to have you join us. It's gonna be really fun and hopefully the first of many. Uh, so it's a small group, but it was great to be able to hear more from you uh, both today. Um, so thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank Brian Carroll. It's always a pleasure. Jen Taub, my fellow nerd vendors. Uh, I will hopefully, well, I'll keep you, everybody posted about our emergency session. Fingers crossed. Let's go, Senator Warnock. All right. See you guys soon. Class. <laughs> thank you jen and brian uh it's again um never know who's showing up but it was nice to have a little bit of extra extra time to spend with them um and thank you of course to all of you for being here today um 
we are, as I just said, going to have an emergency session uh, as soon as the Georgia results come in. We just don't know when it's going to be. It, it, hopefully it's tonight. Uh, well, I, you know what? It's, I don't really care when it is. As long as Warnock wins, that's, that's all that matters to me. But we will keep you posted. Uh, so, you know, as soon as I know, I will send out a tweet for sure. Um, and let's see. Oh my gosh, you know what? We almost forgot. Uh, Thursday, December 8th, is the one-year anniversary of the Mary Trump show. Who knew? Uh, so we're going to have something a little special for Thursday. Uh, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific at youtube.com slash politicon. And of course, we'll be back next week with the nerds. Um, at 4... No, sorry. I always mess up this part. 12 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific, just because that seems so ridiculously early in the morning to me. Uh, and then the next week is the show. Can't even believe it. Uh, not sure what's happening next Thursday because I, I might be on a plane. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but there, there will be a show one way or the other. Just not, not sure what form it's going to take. Uh, so go to youtube.com slash Politicon. Please subscribe to the Politicon's YouTube channel. It doesn't cost anything. And like the episode, comment on the episode, click that bell right there. That way you will be sure to be notified anytime a new video drops. And, um, of course you can listen to the show in podcast form, on Apple or anywhere you get your podcasts. And, uh, that is it for us today. We'll see you at the emergency session and Thursday night for our one-year anniversary, which, again, is totally mind-blowing. Uh, couldn't have done it without all of you guys. Um, and in the meantime, please stay safe and be kind.